My friends, clearly there is more the Lord wants to speak to us about that first Easter morning, for today is a sort of deja vu sort of moment. As we proclaim Luke's version of the narrative proclaimed last Sunday from John, Divine Mercy Sunday, in a beautiful sense, really, what we have been doing three consecutive Sundays. But I'll be honest, this is a very difficult homily for me to give for many, many reasons. It is so much easier, I think, to give kumbaya sort of homilies, feel-good homilies. The Lord rose from the dead, everything is going to be fine. Those kinds of homilies are easier to give. And sure, this is what this homily is ultimately about, because everything will be fine for people of faith. But one line in the gospel resonated with me throughout this week. It would not leave my heart and my mind as I prayed with the scripture throughout this week. It's very challenging for all of us, I think. Why are you troubled? The Lord is asking a very important question. Why are so many troubled? You know, I spend most of my life, you know this, I speak of it often, I spend most of my life, much of it anyhow, uh, very much troubled. Spent much of my life very much afraid. But I can tell you for the very first time in my life, I am not. I'm more or less no longer troubled. I am uh, more or less no longer afraid. I no longer live in fear and I have more peace than I have ever had in my life. Praise God, this is a grace. And while I know I am not alone, many of you have far greater levels of peace that I have, you have lived most of your life, perhaps, with a lack of troubled hearts. This, too, is a grace. Your presence here, your presence here every week, has really deeply moved me. But I also know that many are still very much afraid and are still deeply troubled in these difficult times. This is a hard homily, because many of the people I am trying to reach are still not here. More than a year after the pandemic began, still away from the Eucharist. We, of course, Father and I, need you to help spread this good news. It's also hard, frankly, because uh, the deacon, I picked the wrong day to have this homily uh, as he's coming back, but the deacon and I spoke before Holy Mass. He knows what I'm about to say and has chosen to be here uh, please, God, this will be received in the charity that is intended. This is hard also because, uh, well, I no longer live in this world anymore. I no longer live in the world of fear. I am very familiar with paralyzing fear. I know it uh, to the deepest core of most of my life. And sure, I can tell you I was a little nervous at the beginning of this uh, pandemic. I have, in a certain sense, not like some of you, but I've been on the front lines, right? That first COVID patient when they gave me the astronaut suit was a little scary to be in their presence. I was afraid at first to touch the pews, wondering if somehow I would get this invisible disease and my mother would be burying her son. But no more. I do not and I refuse to live in that world of fear anymore. And as I said a lot recently, 
Uh, this has actually become one of the best years of my life because during it, I have discovered more perfectly who I am. I now know for the first time that my core identity, your core identity, is Jesus Christ. We were baptized into Christ. We ought to be free. We ought to live without fear. I also discovered more perfectly what I am called to do. Very humbly, I'm called to be your father. I'm called to lead you to heaven. And I'm called to preach truth, beauty, and goodness. I do not, of course, minimize the tragic loss of life, human life, throughout this, throughout the world in this past year. Really, the numbers are staggering, really numbing to think about. And the suffering, though, does go far beyond, far beyond the loss of so many human lives. So many have lost their jobs. We have literally had a structural change in our economy, economies throughout the world. But also, and very alarming, there has been an incredible spike, a sharp spike in depression, in suicide, in addiction. Domestic violence is off the charts. Loneliness, we don't have to tell. I don't have to tell you this. You know, from kids to the elderly, loneliness is through the roof. This list is long, my friends. Most troubling for me, however, is the fact, the fact, that we are being taught to be afraid of the other. This is, this is nonsense. We are social beings. The Lord tries always to bring us together. He tries to unite. There are so many divisions these days. We are being taught, after all, to be socially distant. Socially distant from one another. This is not from the Lord. The Lord constantly calls us to remove all false images of self, to remove anything that masks us from the reality that we are beloved sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. Yet we now walk around with masks, and we hide the very expressions on ourselves. We are used to hiding behind our smartphones. Now we're being taught to hide behind our masks as well. Walls are being built. They're being built up between me and the other, between you and the other, and also between us and him. Yet, my friends, I can tell you I have never felt more alive. I've never felt more determined. We do have a clear mission. And I know most, I know perhaps even all of you, do support Father Kleiman and I in this mission. You are, after all, here. Most of you have been here from the beginning. But the pandemic has exposed the seeming widespread lack of faith among so many. It has put a bright light onto something we already knew. Most Catholics do not believe in the Eucharist. This is sad, but this is true. Even more are unwilling to risk much to receive him. There is no Eucharist on TV Mass. There is no sacramental grace through the internet. I do believe you understand this. This is why you are here. I know many of you have been here from the beginning, but perhaps as our numbers do continue to grow, there are people here for the first time or people who were here for many weeks or months. 
I can tell you I do make no judgment. I do not. This is a no judgment zone. But I do think it could be very helpful for you, for all of us, to do some forensics. We ought to look back at the past, to prayerfully consider why we were away, perhaps, for very, very long. Perhaps you did not intend to be away. That first week turned to two weeks, and then four weeks, and then eight weeks, and then after all, now you're gone many months. What's the point? And before you know it, you are away, the slippery slope. Or perhaps you wrongly thought mass to be unsafe, needed to get vaccinated first. You know, I encourage you all, all of us, myself included, should do some prayerful forensics of this past year. There is much fruit to be gained in doing that. But it is unimaginable that the people of God would not have literally risked their lives during the French Revolution to attend a clandestine mass to express their love for the Lord and to receive the most blessed sacrament. And that is only one period of the church. I know you know this. And there are many other examples throughout our history. In England, Catholic families literally built hiding places in their homes in the 16th century so priests could be hidden from persecution and so they could get the sacraments. In Ireland, too, during that same persecution, I have been blessed to be able to play this wonderful golf course, Waterville, where they have a hole, it's called Mass Hole. It's adjacent to sacred ground. Sacred ground where in the middle of the night, in secret, they had holy mass. We know the story of Mexico. Viva Cristo Rey, Blessed Miguel Pro, and so many others risked and ultimately lost their lives for love of the Eucharist. But examples of people of faith, faith risking their lives for the Eucharist are not only in the past, they're in the here and now. A few months ago, I spoke about a man in China a man in China who had these underground, in the middle of the night, sort of clandestine masks in his home. And they were caught, and he was tortured. He bled for the Eucharist. And we are hardly making these kinds of risks, these kinds of sacrifices, my friends, to be here today. Yet so many during this pandemic have been unwilling to risk much to receive our Eucharistic Lord. And while I do make no judgment, I don't believe history will judge them well. At the very least, they've made this past year more difficult for themselves. Sure, we do have a dispensation. We do not have to be here. And I am so grateful that you are. Yet many do go to work. Many do shop for groceries. Many even sadly go to face-to-face uh, -face school, but do not come to Holy Mass on Sunday because they don't have to. Where is the love? Where is the gift of self? Obviously, your presence here today, right now, indicates that you are not afraid. Or if you are afraid, if you are anxious, your love for the Lord in this church has overcome this paralyzing fear and anxiety. Many have more confidence in the vaccine than they do in the movement of grace. And that, my friends, is not from Jesus. Many are so afraid to die that they have forgotten to live. They have forgotten that eternal life is offered here, here in this Holy Mass, 
Our whole lives, in fact, in a beautiful sense, are in a preparation for death. I hope this doesn't sound weird, but I can't wait to die. I'm not doing anything to try to hurry up the process. I certainly don't want to die tonight. But I can't wait to see the beatific vision. I cannot wait to see Jesus face to face. Some are troubled because they've moved away from peace itself. Jesus is peace. Peace be with you. They've denied themselves the source and summit of our faith in the Eucharist. They've acted out of fear and not out of love. They've been fleeing Jerusalem. They're on the road to Emmaus. You know, 2,000 years they've been looking for Emmaus. No one has ever found it. You'd think that they would have found it. Seven miles from Jerusalem, how hard can this be? So many archaeological digs, they've never found it. Because perhaps Emmaus is symbolic of the road to nowhere. We too, my friends, I have been on that road to nowhere. So many suffer from what Pope Francis calls spiritual amnesia. They've forgotten the gift of the Eucharist. They have forgotten that the strength, the the uh, comfort uh, that uh, our faith provides to us. Important question, I think, that we'll be thinking about, praying about for many years. Is it a greater tragedy that so many people have died during this past year from the coronavirus, or that so many have left the faith? For the first time in our country, less than 50% of people attend a regular service. We have much hope for those who have died. They could now be experiencing the beatific vision and having literally no worries. But those who have left the faith are really risking eternal, unimaginable suffering. You know, the gospel speaks of the disciples, those closest to the Lord in the early, earliest time of our faith. The disciples didn't truly recognize Jesus, even though he literally stood in their midst even though they were literally just talking about him. They were talking about how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. They were startled and terrified, the gospel says. They experienced Jesus as a threat. His very presence was possibly harmful. So sad. So sad, but this has been going on for 2,000 years. Even some clerics, bishops sadly, have suggested that the safety of their parishioners is paramount. It is of the most important thing. That's simply not true. Of course, safety is, the, is a very important aspect of here, and we are safe. If mass were a super spreader, it would be all over the Washington Post. We know this is true, but it is not. Safety is important, and we do a good job here at St. Veronica's, even though we are more crowded than most. More important than safety, though, my friends, is our salvation. Why would we handicap ourselves by denying ourselves literally the source of life itself in the Eucharist? Bread from heaven. God, who wants to give us himself as a beautiful gift. How can we possibly than be terrified to be in his midst. You know, I've wondered how we have gotten into this state in our wonderful church. It's kind of depressing, actually, when you think about it. No doubt at the foundation of this is many unfaithful priests and bishops, I being amongst them. 
There's been a lack of courage amongst the, uh, cler the cleric, well, state. Lack of courage, a lack of generosity, too many of us seeking comfort instead of the cross. We too lack faith sometimes. We sadly lack love for the Eucharist. We spend not enough time as prayerful examples to you in front of the most blessed sacrament. But also because there is, has been a cultural shift in our country. We now live in a post-Christian era. And sadder still, many Christians live in the flesh mindset spoken against by St. Paul. And so, my friends, if we spend our time counting how many maskless parishioners are here today, if we count how many Eucharistic tongues are going to happen at this Holy Mass, if we measure our measuring the distance between us and the other in the pew, then we are likely in the flesh mindset, and we're missing out on the grace being offered in this Holy Mass. These are very exciting times. We are on the front lines. In the end, I suppose it doesn't really matter how we got here, only that we move forward, that we move forward in grace, we move forward in hope and peace, and that we bring a whole bunch of other people with us. For we are called to literally run, as they did that Easter morning, run to our families, run to our friends and co-workers and classmates and declare, I have seen the Lord. I have seen him and I have consumed him as heavenly food. He is right now trying to transform me more perfectly into his image and likeness. Jesus literally gave himself on the cross. He, it was a total self-gift, all in. He did this so he could give himself to us in the Eucharist at this Holy Mass. We are now asked to give ourselves back to him in return. Thank you for being here today. We will be less and less troubled these days the more and more we give ourselves back to him. Why are we troubled? Those not here, well, they've missed out on sacramental grace. They are now in paralyzing fear. Those that are here, my friends, like me for many, many decades, in a certain sense now, uh, we are troubled because we have sin. We lack faith and trust. Some of us are simply going through the motions. I, too, know what that feels like. I know all of these and more. Please, God, that ends today. It ends right here in this Holy Mass. As St. Therese, our wonderful, uh, beloved Therese, says in regards to the Eucharist, she says, do you realize that Jesus is there in the tabernacle expressly for you, for you alone? He burns. He burns with the desire to come into your heart. Go without fear to receive the Jesus of peace and love. We can learn much from Therese. We can also learn from the gospel where it says that they were incredulous for joy. They were amazed, as if this was too good to be true. My friends, we know it is true. We will spend this whole week at daily mass going through John chapter 6 and the bread, and, bread of life discourse, because this is important. Our very lives, our eternal lives, depend upon it. Let's spread this truth, beauty, and goodness.
and may God be praised. Amen.